Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. and liberating things for me and I think why this thing came to fruition uh, you know I made a big deal that this stayed quiet you know and, and you know first of all you know what I was doing I was um, you know part of the rumors are things fly out of that building and so I wanted to see could I trust this building in the building. He wants harmony. 
Um, we can't beat around the bush. We got to get right to do I want to work for these people? To me, um, that's an awesome deal. And I understand, I think just from being around it and being a football fan, being up there in Stanford, playing for Bill, um, from being around Ronnie and feeling his presence to Tina Turner and Bill Ringler on that staff, I just get, you know, what dawned upon me. This isn't just a normal franchise. This is one of the iconic franchises in football. And the opportunity to restore that to its glory and to work really hard to do that, 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 that just got me. And so... What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Nana Faithful. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Hope everyone had a blessed week. Today, and Adam, if he decides to uh, call in, he might be a little under the weather, a little too depressed. But uh, we'll be going over the Niners Chiefs. Oh, speak of the devil. Hey, Adam, uh, it was funny. I was just going through the intro right now, and I said uh, you were uh, feeling a little depressed and uh, – didn't know if he was going to call in. And lo and behold, I popped your number. <laughs> well, uh, are we on the line right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I was just going gotcha. to um so give me two seconds. Um, So, like I was saying, me and Adam are going to go ahead and go over your call. Uh, the number to call in is 646-668-8467. And the number to text in the show is 408 408- Seven eight five three zero one five. But before we get started today, go ahead and go to patreon.com forward slash Niner Faithful Radio and check out the um, awesome different tiers and rewards we have for different amounts that you donate to the show. That site again is Niner Faithful Radio or patreon.com forward slash Niner Faithful Radio. Go to seatgiant.com and use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio all one word to save and also contribute to the show. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today as far as the intro is concerned. So um, I figured I like to start the show off positive. So um, me and Adam kind of had a little pre-show meeting and, and decided we're going to go ahead and start with uh, this date in Niner history, which to me – it's a pretty cool date. Uh, 9-24-2000 was the day that T.O. stood on the star at the 50-yard line at what was then Texas Stadium. Uh, what was the recall of, of the that game, Adam? What I recall, to be completely honest with you, I was just, uh, you know, obviously it was kind of like when my fandom originally kind of first started. So uh, I'm just I just kind of started pulling up some highlights right now of it. And uh, I remember you kind of told me the backstory of it, which I think a lot of 49ers people would love to hear. Um, you mind yeah. actually going over the particular reason yeah, yeah, yeah. why he even I, did I, it, I which you. a lot of people don't know about? Yeah, okay. So I, I got you. But this was actually something that while doing a little bit of research, um, I found this out, pulling this up on a, um, uh, I want to say, an NFL Films highlight of it. But if you go to YouTube, you'll pretty much find it. But apparently – so this comes from T.O. and what looked like our old receivers coach. Um, his name 
something Stewart. His, his name is, is uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but apparently the Niners were going through warm-ups a day or two before the game, and there was an old saying back in the day that why did Texas Stadium have a hole in the roof? And all Crygirls fans used to say because God likes to watch his, so God can watch his favorite football team. Well, T.O., I don't know if this question was asked to him or he asked the question or, or whatnot, but it was said that back in the day, this was God's football team and, and, you know, so on and so forth. And so he was told to go, if you score tomorrow, you know, or score on Sunday, go to the 50-yard line and give glory to God. Well, it just so happened to be that, you know, 50-yard line is where the star is and, you know, all that. And that's why if you look at the highlight, T.O. really is looking up at the sky like, like, you know, like he's praying or giving glory to God. And so, obviously, that's not how the Cry Girls took it. That's not how I took it. I, I remember I missed the second one because uh, somebody in the group home was in trouble and kept on sneaking into the, the TV room, so they made us t- turn off the game. But I was able to catch the, the first one. I, I just thought he was, you know, being T.O. And I think that for maybe our listeners that are a little too young to remember T.O. like I remember him, standing on the 50-yard line at, at, at Texas Stadium didn't seem something that was out of character for him. <laughs> I mean, T.O., you're talking about the man who grabbed pom-poms from cheerleaders pulled a sock, uh, Sharpie out of his sock, which consequently that was the day the Giants clinched, uh, won the NL pennant in 2002. But anyway, so as we all, or I shouldn't say as we all know, but the, the game goes on. Uh, Emmett Smith court, scores a touchdown, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the very next drive. Emmett Smith scores a touchdown, runs to the 50-yard line, stare, slams the ball, you know, on the 50-yard line and stares T.O. kind of like a this is my house type of moment. Right. Well, then, so apparently it gets even deeper. T.O., of course, as we all know, uh, the second one came with 4.06 left in the in the fourth quarter. Um with the score of 40 to 17, well, it made the score 40 to 17. But the play before the touchdown, if you go back, and NFL Films does a really good job of showing this highlight, T.O. takes George Teague, who was the player that, as we know, tackles him at the 50-yard line when he did it the second time. T.O. drives him out the end zone and plants him on his ass the play before. And if you watch, George Teague, you know, starts to try to come over and push T.O. and they're separated and everything like that. Well, the next play is when T.O. did it a second time, ran back, and didn't get a chance to celebrate or really do anything. George Steed comes and cracks him. You know, Bedlam um, ensues. And, you know, now this is the interesting part is, is Jeff Garcia and T.O.'s relationship was very – you know, it had turmoil. It's very well known. If you watch this NFL uh, NFL Films highlight, 
I'll go ahead and try to share the Niner Faithful Radio Twitter and Facebook today, and maybe Instagram if I can. Um, one of the first players to come over and hug T.O. and talk to him is Jeff Garcia. And I thought that was very, very interesting. As we all know, T.O. is just suspended for, for the following week by Steve Mariucci, and that essentially led to what the damaged relationship that led to T.O. being released, what was it, 2003, 2004? Right, somewhere around there. So the you 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 might have been a little a little too young to re- really have the the recall that I did of it, but um, apparently, also uh, this is a little. I wrote this down in my notes. Um, JJ he told JJ Stokes, "Hey, meet me at the same spot." So the second time was was very planned and and was very. But I thought that that would be a, a good way to start off the show this week with a little bit of a positive kind of cool little date in Niner history. I, and, you know, I, I know that for people who are around my age and older, that's kind of a little cool, this date in Niner history, kind of a flashback. Now, um, I think that we've kind of avoided the, the elephant in the room long enough. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure everybody knows. Um, it has officially been confirmed by the Niners that Jimmy G. Cool has uh, tore his ACL and is done for the season. Uh, uh, we both we just let out a, a big-ass sigh right now, bro. Should, um, we, should we bust out a beer bottle and shotgun really fast? Yeah, exactly, right? Um, oh, no, you, you, you don't. I was a quarter ice cream in. Uh, I, know, I noticed that you and Nick both liked the, the – the, my reply to his tweet when he said he's going to set a record for weight gain in a 24-hour period. <laughs> yeah. And I already told him, hey, bro, I'm going to quarter ice cream in. I mean, that's – look, I, I've packed out a few LBs over the last year, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like dire losses aren't a big reason why. I go straight for the ice cream, straight for the um, – but – the, the only silver lining that is in this is it's not a ACL and MCL. If the difference being from what I've been able to gather and, and hearing from different people on KBR and whatnot, uh, ACL is about a nine-month process, which would put I believe, him around fully, quote-unquote, fully recovered around June, July-ish. So pretty close to he should be ready to go by training camp. An ACL, MCL is about a year and a half to two years. So that the we're looking at him. If it was an ACL, MCL, we were looking at really? him not stepping onto the field until 2020. Well, Wentz, uh, Wentz came back yesterday for his first game back, and he was at pretty much nine months. But I think he tore his MCL as well, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, was, yeah, was, he was at the uh, nine-month mark. I can't remember if it was it's ACL or MCL, but I know that um, he was he was injured week fourteen, and um, that I mean it that's neither here nor there. He has an ACL, so I, I think that it will, regardless of recovery time, it, it's less of a serious surgery. I mean ACL surgery is right, still just a serious, more surgery. of a clean tear. 
But if you exactly if if you from what's been described to me just throughout the years of watching football and everything is that when you tear your ACL and MCL, it's more of a reconstructive. Right. You know, it's more of a you're reconstructing your knee. Versus more the that ACL goes into it with the rehab process and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Larry Kruger yesterday kind of had a a, a point or I'm sorry, uh, today kind of had a point on his radio show with Gary Radnich that if you well, let's let's take a a, a long long term team view is that um, over three the course of three weeks you could say that the Niners were a year away. Now I personally wouldn't want to say that uh, we've gone over, you know, our thoughts of the, the season and everything, but right. I, 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 I'm a firm believer of a, your quarterback can cover up a lot of, a lot of, um, glaring deficiencies. Sure. deficiencies, you know, a lot of deficiencies in your roster. Sure. And just like a bad quarterback can exacerbate those deficiencies in your roster. So, it, 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 you know, we, we, we'll have our 24 hours. The Empire will have our 24 hours. We'll grieve. I mean, this is seriously a, a, a serious blow. I haven't um, – I was telling you, uh, Adam, earlier that um, back in 97, I remember we got our asses handed to us by Tampa Bay. It was the first game of the year in Tampa Bay, and Jerry had blown out his knee. And we lost Steve to concussion. And I know Steve came back, I think, like a week or two later. But Jerry didn't come back. He was actually thought – and that's back before when ACLs were still, you know, like those are lightweight, those are lightweight, you know, career-threatening injuries. You know, it wasn't like today where people are like, oh, he just told you. You know, those were real serious big deal back in – I mean, it, it probably started to turn the table where medical advances were starting to get to that point, but it was still, like, not a sure thing. He ends up coming back against the Broncos on Monday night, gets hurt. And so, you know, not since then have I really felt this devastated over an injury. I mean, to one particular player. I've never – I mean – sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just simply going to say, like, I'm I'm, – everybody knows me as a – Old time, you know, one of the most positive type of people, you know, kind to have around. I'm, you know, pride myself and I joke around about it as far as being optimistic, prime, but literally, like, it just obviously we all we're we were all just desperate to, you know, we all knew this season was big for us and we had a chance to possibly uh, reach the playoffs. And you know, I've said it before, you know, once you're in, you kind of never know once you do have a quarterback. And uh, I'm sorry, when when you do have a quarterback, I should say, and uh, you know, just kind of. You know, it's just like you said, it's just pretty devastating. I've never, I haven't felt like depression like this legitimately. I know it's going to go away, but I haven't literally, this is like one of the worst feelings I can literally recall in a long, long, long time. Probably just being like heartbroken over some type of stupid girl situation or something along those lines. It's it's kind of like to that exactly. level. Exactly. No, I mean, um, it was, 
And I, I want to let this be known. I said this on either my Facebook or Twitter, Instagram video this morning. But um, can we – this is the thing that I feel frustrated the most about is obviously Jimmy G. Cool needs to step out of bounds there and everything like that. And, uh, you know – you really feel uh, – do you fully feel that way? Like I don't. you're kind of putting Me blame on him some? No, no, no. See, a lot of people are saying that I personally, I'm not mad at Jimmy G. Cool. I'm not mad right. that, and and this is be this is. I think a lot of things you know have to be taken in consideration, is that, you know, Jimmy G. Cool, the the, the NFL offseason so long, okay, it's it's, right. it's horrible. We hate it. You know, whatever. That's all this the depression, year, you, know, you know, all the exactly the depression. I mean, like I literally remember one of the first things when when I started, you know, getting over the initial shock, and obviously this happened. You know, there was still some time left in the game. Obviously, this happened. You know, I I still had to watch a game and you know do reporting and things like that was that I couldn't believe it was week three because I had spent all this time, you know, building up this hype and, and trying to build up to the, these moments, you know, of of actually, you know, seeing my team play and and everything, and and it came crashing down. I, right. I think every, you know, we 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 all got that, and right. I don't blame him because it's okay. So with the to take a, a cross sport reference. The with, the with the Sharks getting Eric Carlson, who, for those who don't know, is basically one of the, the best defensemen, offensive defensemen in the AHL, and, and the Sharks made a trade for him. With the, with the word going around Sharks territory a lot, is game-changing player. And, you know, the type of player that says, hey, when this player is on the ice, or in football's case, on the field, they change the game. And... I think it's slowly starting to become clear over the course of the first three weeks, now still small sample size, is that our biggest game-changing player on offense is Jimmy G. Cole. As he goes, the offense goes. And what he you say, what was he trying to do there? He was trying to fight for extra yards. He's trying to right. – he's being a competitor. He's being the leader of a team. And you know what? He's trying to be Superman. He's trying to carry it because I, I really feel that the team, this is partly Garoppolo, partly Shanahan, feels like they're never out of a game. And and I know I felt like I remember before that drive, as we slowly started, you know, working our way down the field, I remember thinking to myself, he's gonna he's gonna bring us back. Like, like this right. is where legends are made. Like, he's really – like, we're really going to win this game. Like – Or if not, we're just going to go down I, the wire type of deal. Or, yeah, or at least, hey. Now, as everything turned out, it would have been difficult to win that game. That that last drive just simply took too much time. Kansas City right. just let us get all the underneath stuff and, and said, hey, we'll let you have a 17-play drive that takes – eight minutes, you know, okay, fine, we're cool with that, you know, because you still got to, so, but, and I think that that was him 
trying to will his team to a victory like good quarterbacks do. So I mean, he didn't do anything crazy. It's not like, you know, he freaking cut back in and he got leveled by three guys, and it's like, Jimmy, you got to step out there, bud. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't do yeah. a crazy-ass type of move that, like, warranted, like, it, I mean, it just kind of reminded me a little of Jerry McKinnon. Like, you know, he makes, like, a little yeah. cut, nothing wild, and it just kind of gives. Didn't even look that – didn't even look serious at all. I, initially, I thought it was a shoulder. You know, I thought he got some type of shoulder type of singer type of deal. You know, if I'm taking on that hit, um, I literally didn't even everybody, it was his knee. What, what I've been able to gather out from the different various Niners that were interviewed is they thought he got a – they thought it was a concussion. Like a, right. he got a concussion yeah. or something. Or, or, you know, something that nobody thought knee. Now, we all know that Matt Breida hyperstended his knee. Now, what they said on the KGO broadcast is that Tim Ryan, who does the color commentary uh, uh, for the Niners – talked to the head groundkeeper, and they said that they had had, a, had to believe a Taylor Swift or somebody concert at Arrowhead, and that the sod was new. And if you notice, I want to say at least once, maybe twice, Agent Colbert had footing issues. Um, I know a couple times Ruben Foster had footing issues. Uh, yeah. So, so what, what I'm saying is, is I'd be curious to know if that was the same area that Jimmy got hurt in the same area that these players were having these issues. And, you know, maybe that's a turf issue. But it's, it's a freak accident. And Exactly. So, so, going forward, and so going forward, you know, we have our 24 hours to grieve and everything like that. This is where I feel that the empire is getting divided. You have those people who are, you know, the season's done, it's horrible, it's over, you know, wake me up in April, you know, type of situation. Then you have the people like, hey, you know, let's rock with CJ, see what we got. Um, You and me had our our little opinions. I'll I'll let you give your opinion in a second. But I'm more of a – I'm a firm believer that – and Bill Walsh is saying of champions – act like champions before they're champions. And I always believe in installing a, a winning culture. You know, I always feel that, that, that every time you step on the football field, that the, the goal is to win. But I'm not opposed into, like we discussed, uh, trading Pierre Gasson. You, you brought that up. I'm, I'm not against that. Personally, I think um, he's uh, he, he, he's a great receiver. I love his effort, you know, that, that – that block on Brees' oh, touchdown absolutely is, love him. you know, great. But, you know, um, yeah, I'll take a fifth. If, if you said the Raiders, um, I'll say maybe the Patriots, whatever team. I, I don't even yeah. know a, a team in need of receiver. Uh, anybody, obviously, except outside of the division, obviously, um, comes calling up and says, hey, we'll give you a fifth rounder right now for Pierre Gasson. Uh, Pierre Gasson's on the next plane out of SJC <laughs> to whatever city that, that makes that offer, that offers me a fifth-round pick for Pierre Gasson. I'm bringing up Richie James. I'm um, – oh, okay, I'll put it to you this way. Not right away. I mean, the trading Pierre Gasson, I'll do it. I'm not Sorry so much that. young player right away. I feel that you owe it to the fan base and organization 
to try to go forward for a winning season, you know, a playoff season, you know, that type of mindset until it's obvious that you can't. And to me, there's too much of a chance. There's too much of a way to win with CJ to, to, to just say that the season's in the dumps just because, like, we haven't even – now, we saw him preseason. We saw him last year. You know, that's true. And, you know, it did not look good. But he can we, can we at least, dying yesterday when you came in. To kill him, that was saying, also wrongfully called back. Okay, I just – I'm in the study room, so if we bring up that OP we'll, – we'll save the bringing up the OPI for a little bit of the game review. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to end up screaming because that was the most absolute total bullshit call I've ever seen in my fucking life. I, I, I literally lost it. Like, and what, and what yeah, you're down, you know what I mean? It's not like we were the team winning and it's like, you know, uh, you know let's, let's go ahead and, you know, they can't get too high up. It's like, what are you talking Like, we were behind, you know, Kwan Williams got a bullshit PI that led to a touchdown earlier in the game. You know what I mean? That, that possibly changes things up a little bit. And can we not – Okay, can we can we take away the fact is that Casey essentially plays like Seattle used to play, where they just grab you on every play because they know the ref's not going to throw the flag every time. Can we? Yeah, I think that's pretty clear after watching yesterday's game. I, that's what I got away with. The offensive yeah, line didn't focus too much on that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were clearly the playing. I mean, the the word that football people like to use is physical. You know, they're playing physical, but they're grabbing, they're holding, they're clutching, they're they're doing things essentially. They're playing the, the Richard Sherman way, which is right. just basically I'm going to play physical as hell, and I know they're not going to throw a flag on every play. Exactly. You know, that's just, they're just not going to do that. So that's my what the thing is, with us too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what the Lions did, did to us. Um, so my whole thing about this is fine, you know, Kyle, you share, my whole thing about it is I saw somebody who was fighting for the ball. And this is the thing that has to be, this is the thing to me is, is when the league goes back to the collective bargaining agreement and all that type of, they need to change it where does it have an effect on the play? Because clearly that didn't have an effect on the play. I can understand if essentially if you're running like almost like a pick type of route or maybe you check gets in the way of the defender trying to defend Kittle. Or it. But I don't feel that if, if Kyle used check didn't, you know, stop and jump up for the ball, I don't feel that that pass was still going to be complete. Right, it's almost like a move point. It's still going to be a touchdown. It had absolutely no effect on the play. Right. You know, and that's the thing that got me the most mad, is that it, it, it got – and to me, it's oh, – it's just – and I'm wondering if it's a, a scheme issue. Because if, if you look back to the last year, we had, uh, I want to say, a couple OPI type of calls. And so I don't know if this is something that the refs are specific, because it's very clear that Kyle Shanahan likes to run, you know, 
routes that are meant to open you, you, routes that are meant to clear out space and legal pick routes essentially. So maybe sure. is this something that the reps are are you know really trying to look for because I that anyway. But to me, so to me, to throw in the towel and say that the year's over when we haven't even watched a, a, a game with CJ, when we haven't okay. even gotten, we haven't even gotten to the what what you and me and a lot of people are essentially calling the easy part of our schedule. You know, where you where you're starting to look at the schedule and you're starting to say, okay, hey, the you know we should run off some games here. So to me to throw in the towel, because there, there's a way, look, if we can run the ball, which by the way, Bria is still, he's tied, but he still, you know, leads the league in rushing and 8.6 average. So, I mean, you know, big ups to Bria. Morris did his thing. Kyle Shanahan clearly showed a commitment to the run yesterday. You know, they sure. were not going bombs away. And I essentially – that's what I think helped us get back in the game. So if we could take the pressure off of CJ and can step up on defense, which is the number one question, which is the concern, which I can understand why people might doubt that. But if we can play just decent football on defense, I'm not saying that this is, you know, a 10, 11, you know, record, you know, win season, but I mean, can we sneak into a seven and nine, eight and eight type of scenario? Maybe, you know, uh, for example, Aaron Rodgers is clearly hampered um, from anybody that watched the, everybody that I know that watched the Packer game last year, kind of giving me a pre scouting report for a blog I'm going to do for nothing but Niners, uh, a preview blog for the Packers game. Um, I said the agent Aaron Rodgers is clearly hampered. Now maybe that adding the fact that we play a great defensive game and maybe CJ Beather just makes a couple plays when it's necessary. Maybe we go into Green Bay and still a game. That's possible. You know, and, and so I think that if 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 the move makes sense then go ahead and do it. It makes sense to trade to to trade Pierre Gerson and call up Richie James. That makes sense to me. Uh, I think it, it because uh, I'll go ahead and get your opinion on this and uh, right after this. But I don't see besides Jimmy G. Cool, Matt Breida, and George Kittle potentially. You know, I don't think he's quite here that there yet, but. Do you see any game-changing players on offense as as we stand right now? I mean, I mean, we still got Marquise Goodwin. You know, Pettis obviously is in his first okay, year. Sorry, I'm about Goodwin. No worries. Um, I mean, just to kind of touch up on it, the reason why I brought up possibly trading Pierre Garcon and uh, mm-hmm. you know to kind of counter, you know, hey, you never know. I mean, you can't take anything off the table right now. Like you said, we haven't even seen um, CJ start yeah. a full game this year. Um, you, you brought up possibly come, end up end up, uh, finishing the season seventy nine eight or eight and eight or possibly somewhere around there. Obviously, you do never know. He can come in and be Kurt Warner two point um, at a left at a left field. But obviously, I'm not holding my breath for that one. But 
And other 49ers faithful, I think, as well. It's like, well, you know, obviously we were all desperate and excited for this year and possibly making a little noise. So now that, obviously, with the loss of Jimmy, my mind kind of goes to, well, now at this point, I'm kind of I'm kind of in for a little low-key, you know, I guess you can call it a little low-key of a, of a tank. And, uh, you know, possibly that's why I brought up trading Pierre Garçon to kind of give everybody else experience as far as the younger wide receivers that we have, like Pettis, like Taylor, Bourne, possibly Richie James. Then I was just thinking, yeah. too, like, hey, screw it. Start Tiberius Moore instead of Jimmy Ward. Put in DJ Jones or Mitchell. You know, just kind of make some of those moves that maybe you lose a little production. But once again, it's like, do you want to go 8-8 eight and, eight and pick possibly, you know, in the 15 to 20 range? Or do you maybe want to low-key tank and then possibly end up having having another top 10 pick and so forth to possibly get a premier edge rusher prospect? You know, that's kind of where my mind is at right now. Like, well, exactly. You know? I'm not, I'm not like – Like, screw it. Let's hurt a little more this I year. Like, screw it. it. You know, I hate to do, I just hate to go in, especially week three, saying, you know, the word tank or whatever. But I, I get what you're saying. That yes, I mean, is eight and eight worth a the fifteenth to twentieth? Let's just say fifteen to twenty range versus maybe going, you know, five and eleven, six and ten, and getting the five to ten range. You know, obviously the and it's not just the first round. You got to remember that's every round you're picking in that area. Exactly. You know, that's the difference exactly. of your guy or not your guy, and it's the difference of having to give up a lot of compensation to move up and not doing so. Yeah, no, 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 no. I I totally agree with you. This is here's another fun this question. This is my thing. Is I'm all I'm all for it. Let's see Traverius more over Jimmy Ward. Let's see DJ Jones. To me, trading Pierre Gasson makes sense because I think we're both in agreement he will not be here next year. He'll just his contract is a little money. is a little tricky. I could I ended up revisiting that one. His contract is a little yeah. tricky for that. So I can. I can see him being here, and I can obviously easily see him not. And uh, if I had a bet on him, I probably would say no. Once again, why do we drop Pedersen so he can sit on the bench again next year? I, I highly doubt that. Yeah. And so, to me, you start making accelerating that move. If Malcolm Smith – now, you, you wouldn't be able to get anything from Malcolm Smith, but I'm just using him for example. Uh, a lot of people don't see him here next year. So you're just accelerating that move, and you're 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 essentially, I guess you say tank, I say roster evaluation. And if you tell me that we we put in, let's just say we did the moves that we said right now, and you know we're surprised and these players can play and we get a couple extra. Well, I mean, hey, you know, if Traverius Moore comes in and, and he's just Deion Sanders 2.0, and he, you know, steals us three or four games. Can we really complain about that? Uh, you know, obviously not. If it's – it's just, to, to me, we really need to be honest, and we really need to see 
what we have going forward. And so that means we think, right. and that means we think four and twelve to be able to sit here and, and be able to honestly take a look at our roster and, and, and say, okay, who, like Robert Sala likes to say, you know, the best eleven. Well, what is exactly does that mean? You know, because um, I mean, what it's. I mean, it's obviously what it means, but what does it exactly mean? Because uh, if that's our best 11 that, that showed up on the first half against Kansas City, we got some serious issues, bro. You know? Yeah. If that's our couple. Hey, I mean, it, let's, it, let's put things in perspective. We need to find is, out. Go ahead. Arguably the best offense. Sorry. So that was yeah. arguably the best offense. It's not like we're getting creamed, you know. But, hey, look, I mean, look, for example, look at what the Buffalo Bills did to the damn Vikings yesterday. You know what I mean? Imagine if we got completely, you know, just burnt by the by the Chiefs all game. Imagine how that would have felt. You know what I mean? So uh, what, makes me, what makes me still positive is is I saw a couple fire Robert Sala. Um, maybe I'll give some people credit. I didn't see exactly when they were posted. They're, I mean, besides being posted yesterday, so they could have clearly been after – Halftime, which, you know, I wouldn't have exactly blamed Kyle Shanahan if he fired uh, Robert Sala at halftime yesterday either. Like, just, just <laughs> sheer emotion, you know. So, right. the one thing that makes me feel encouraged, and I have my blog, I believe, coming out today. It might have already came out for nothing but Niners, the good, bad, ugly of uh, yesterday, yesterday's game. Um, spoiler alert, there's a lot of ugly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just a little spoiler alert, but one of the good that I had was what encourages me is that, A, the leaders in the, the – that Kyle Shanahan and the leaders in that locker room haven't lost the team because clearly they came out, you know, the second half and played better game and, and all that. And I would I would give Robert Sala a feather in his cap to say – that whatever adjustments he he definitely has the ability to make halftime adjustments because from going the 35 points the first half to only giving up three the second half some of that is probably just here by playing better you know more effort and and pride we weren't going to give up 35 points you know like that just was that wasn't going to happen we weren't going to give up 70 points yesterday that just really right. doesn't happen in pro football period. But, I mean, the fact that they didn't score 14, you know, 17, that type of the, – the fact that we essentially really shut them down. Yeah. Um, I think that, that, that Robert Sala, he deserves uh, – I mean, I would, I would give him a B to C grade. He deserves to get his ass chewed out for that first half and, you know, what the hell happened. And, you know, we need, we, we need to never come out you know, the first half of a game like that ever again. But to be able to make the adjustments in, in a short period of time that the, that the NFL halftime is, I, I will give them props. That, that I don't feel that – I felt that we were outcoached the first half, but not so much scheme-wise. I feel just more I, – I don't believe a lot of it was, was – with scheme, I think a lot of it was missed tackles. And I understand a lot of that comes down to a player. But after – you can only blame a player so long before you have to um, 
point at at coaching. You see what I'm saying? For sure. So I'll give Ruben a pass just because, you know, it was his first game back and all that type of stuff. But yesterday was definitely a step back. But I think that you are still seeing positive things. The the concerning things is that offensively, you know, you see George Kittle, okay, you know, he's starting to become a very solid tight end. You know, you would possibly say, okay, George Kittle is a keeper. Kyle Juszczyk is obviously, you know, a keeper. Um, I'm going to say stop. I'm not going to say, you know, get rid of him or trade him. But I'm a little stocked down on Trent Taylor. This isn't, you know, this is the second game in a row that if he had catches, it was very few. I don't remember. It wasn't like last year where you you heard Trent Taylor's name. You knew Trent Taylor last year because you just heard his name so much that you couldn't not remember. I don't remember hearing his name called. If I did, it was. You think part of that was just him just coming on and by surprise, just being a rookie and not having much tape on him? Do you think that's part of the reason why you're not really seeing, you know, you're not really seeing his name getting called too much this year? I think that that oh it's it's a little bit of tape um when i saw him at the team hotel um the day before the i asked him about his back and, and he said he was all good which i fully expected i didn't hit this, uh, expect him to come out and say oh no it's killing me i feel like i want to die you know i mean yeah. i knew it can't he, cut the same way i used to yeah exactly you know he's not going to come out and say anything like that but i'm curious because what makes me disencourage disencouraged with with Trent Taylor is that from what I heard on the radio and what I could see is is that Detroit and Kansas City both played a lot of man to man. And what's making me disconcerned is that I'm not saying because of his size. I'm not saying because of, you know, whatever. But if you can't play – it's simply if you can't beat man-to-man covers, you can't play in this this year. Uh, a slot receiver is always one-on-one coverage. That's, you know – and so I think that I'm curious. I'm paying a little bit more attention to it. Now, Trent Taylor could come out and have four catches, you know, for 85 yards next week. For sure. You know, but I'm a little it, – it, I, I don't know if you remember, but remember how we did our kind of season preview uh, show before um, the start of the season. I kind of talked, we kind of talked about how everybody's just assuming everybody will have the best career of their year this year. Uh Uh-huh. And we both kind of just came up with the assumption that somebody's going to disappoint. Yeah. You know, somebody's going to, I think Trent Taylor is just going to be that player this year. 
Yeah. I mean, thank God, you know, we're not, like, relying on him to be, like, the savior of the offense. Okay. You know, it's not like Tom Sula or Kelly years where you're like, God, we need Trent Taylor to get 100 yards. You know, at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah. once again, this is the most Debbie Downer you ever hear from me uh, as far as me being and sounding like one. But, uh, you know, I really don't care, to be fully honest with you, just for the simple fact that uh, we have Pettis, Bourne, and Richard James kind of waiting in the wings. So, uh, once again, I, I guess that's another note I want to hit. Like, maybe it's kind of time to experiment a little bit right now as well. Once again, kind of get some of the young guys playing a little bit. Like, if we were all in before this year started, then, like, next year is going to be, like, the grand all-in. Make sure no stone left on turn. Once again, maybe low-key tank, have another great draft, get that premier edge. You know what I mean? Like, saddle up and just everybody just needs to kind of be ready for next year. I'm not saying – I'm still going to watch every single game because I love watching development and everything – that goes into it along those lines. But, uh, you know, at the same time, maybe maybe it's time to experiment a little bit. And, uh, you know, first thing I, that kind of comes to mind as well, bring up Peter. Bring up Peter. See, maybe he ends up giving you something by midseason or flashes by the end of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, get get these guys looks that possibly can be part of the future. I think that it, it's time to do some serious uh, roster evaluation. I mean, they might wait for another week or two, you know, but yeah, I think that, that that that's coming shortly. I think that you know what? Maybe in the grand scheme of life, this just happened for us to do exactly that. Because to me, I think it's pretty clear that we're not just a we weren't just a quarterback away last year, and last year, this year. That uh, just this year in general, the last two years, you know, Jimmy G. Cool wasn't the answer to every problem. He was answered a good amount of them, and he'd been a band aid for the rest of them. You know, sure. but I, I think stepping back and being able to see this, this is my goal: is that the the goals of the season you know, remain the same, win, you know, all that. But my goal is next year. Do not have a prediction about a player. Have facts and stats and, and reasons to back it up. We should not step out of this year with any player that's currently out of, on the roster right now. We should not come out of this year without a good idea on who that player is going to be this year, you know, this year and going sure. forward. That, that, that's def- if we are walking out of here saying, uh, you know, come week 17 saying, well, you know, Trent Taylor, I mean, we don't really know he could possibly – then this season was a failure. Because – Sure. You know, and to really take a good, honest look on what we really need. I mean, you know, it's – you know, a killer witherspoon. I mean, I hate to harp on the man, and I know he has an ankle and everything like that, but, you know, and two down games, and, you know, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of players, you know, all-star players that have had two bad games. Yeah. But I think well, that – Well, you got to remember, he didn't start yesterday. He only went, went in because Sherman got injured. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. To be fair, so, I mean, it's, it's hard to be like, hey, somebody, you know, gives you their full effort, didn't even start the game because of injury. And then he goes in. I, I know exactly where you're coming from, so I'm not saying, oh, line up, TJ. You know, I'm not saying, you know, acting like he's my son. But, I mean, 
you always I always say you always got to understand the circumstances, you know, because uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. That, that is very true. You got to look at things from all angles too. So, I mean, I think Akilo is going to be fine. I think that he is going to. I don't think he's the number one shutdown corner, but I don't think that he's. Uh, I always just looked at him as a solid number two. That was my goal, and kind of still is. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with a solid number two. Now uh, we're shortly uh, running, uh, uh, quickly running out of time here. But uh, have you heard anything? I know that it's a calf strain; it's multiple weeks. But have you heard anything about Sherman's the extent of his calf strain? Uh, nothing in particular, really. Just like you said, though, looking at about like three weeks, wouldn't be surprised if you yeah, missed a month. That, that's another guy I would like. If I was going all in, kind of low key tank, I would, uh, I would, I would try to save Richard Sherman's tires and tread for next year. But he also has all those damn, you know, uh, bonuses for uh, being active every week. So I don't think he'll obviously be down just to, you know, call the year a wash, you know, and save his tread for next year. I think what you were talking about is still a couple of weeks away. I think that's yeah. from a one in six, one in one in five, one in six, one in seven, you know, two in five type of record. Yeah, you know, I can I see that too. Last five games type of the thing. I think the battle of the bay around that time is going to be the, the barometer of the season and we're, we're probably going to, you know, deeply evaluate ourselves and kind of where we're at. All right, Adam, yeah. well, Here's as always, thanks for, um, thanks for coming on and hanging out with me today, bro. Yeah, it was fun. Hey, uh, stay strong out there, 49ers faithful once again, and thanks for, to you to have, for having me on today. Yeah, no problem, bro. Um, I'll go ahead and holler at you later. and yeah, We'll be all right, bro. We'll make it through this. We'll be all right. I was about to say, what happens if we what, – what does it mean if we beat the Chargers? But we'll talk about that one soon. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, brother. All right, take care. All right, see you. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, before we get out of here, I'd like to thank Adam for coming on. Um, before we get out of here, uh, you know, go to patreon.com forward slash 9 faithful radio. Support the show. Um, go to cgiant.com, use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio. And uh, sporting event and concert tickets. Um, I shall see y'all next week. Till then, peace, love, and happiness. Go Niners.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.